0: Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, depending on what time you're listening to this webinar uh, or uh, podcast. My name is Oscar Way, Senior Economist at the California Association of Realtors, and with me is Jordan. Hey, everyone. Hi. I know we uh, it's been a while since we uh, put one up, but uh, we want to do one before Thanksgiving. Now, before everyone goes on to, oh, goes off to Thanksgiving, hopefully you have a chance to listen to our podcast and maybe catch Or maybe your while team. you're on the road,
1: right? We're all going to be driving everywhere all over the state this year, so... Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I would promise that this is not going to be very,
0: very long. We'll give you 20 minutes of updates on the housing and economy. Um, One of the pressing questions, uh, Jordan, that I get all the time when we go to outreach, when I go to outreach, Mm -hmm. is um, whether the housing market is overpriced.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's been a, a big question that I've been getting at all my outreaches, too, is, you know, are prices sustainable? What's happening with prices? Are they too high or not?
0: Yeah, and and you know we've talked about this in the last, what three four months we have been growing at seven percent or more, and uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to stop. And currently, the statewide uh, median price is at five hundred and sixty five. I think uh, for some areas, you know, it's uh, it's even higher. Of course, for the area, it's much higher. So, um, just to give a, a little bit of background of uh, why people might think it's it's very high. Uh, Consider Bay Area, for example, five out, out of the nine counties have already surpassed their previous peak. Um, the
1: peaks that we hit even back at the height of the housing bubble, I think we've blown past those, right? We're not just a little bit above, I think they're uh, above by quite a bit, right?
0: Yeah, blown past is the right word because what San Francisco, San, uh, San Mateo uh, has gone up by, what, 40% or so? I don't really know crazy. the exact percentage. But, you know, of course, those are uh, job areas, those are tech hub, you know, that people might think, well, you know, those areas uh, may have people willing to pay the money uh, for for home prices, for for, uh, a home. But it's not just in the Bay Area. Southern California, for example, I mean, not every single county has uh, surpassed its peak. But Orange County has already uh, passed its peak, and LA right. and San Diego are not too far off. I think sometime next year, it's possible that we may actually reach the peak or surpass the peak um, that we achieved in uh, 2007 or six.
1: Yeah. Which was almost six hundred thousand, right?
0: Right. So you know the the so it's back to question on you know whether we are very close to uh,
1: uh, getting a little bit overpriced. So right. Tell me. People are saying you know, hey, we're we're right at the point where we were last time when things fell apart, or are the wheels about to come off? And. You know, I, I don't think we're there yet. I think when you look at things like the fundamentals of where prices are at right now, you know, we look at key ratios like the price to income ratio and, and something like that. If you look at the statewide number um, right now, it's about eight times. Right. So that five hundred and sixty five thousand uh, dollar median price, give or take, is about eight times larger than what that median family makes. Now, that's pretty high by historical standards. It you know averages five, five and a half going back in time, but at the same time, it's not at the double-digit level where we were um, back in the 2006 timeframe. And so, you know, although that that seems like a, a scary number, it's not at the kind of breaking point or the tipping point level that we got to back in, um, you know, that, that peak of the last bubble. And I think the other thing that's that's absolutely critical to keep in mind when we think about whether prices are sustainable or not. It's not necessarily the price of the house um, that matters, it's how much it costs you uh, to carry that housing cost every month, and, and for that, you really need to take into account interest rates. And so mm-hmm. I think that um, once you kind of take that median priced home, the the interest rate that we're at now is actually lower than where we were at the peak of the last bubble, and even lower than it was you know, this time last year, um, give or take, and so, when you actually take that into account, the the cost of paying that mortgage payment on that home has been offset a little bit because rates are still very, very low and lower than they were back at the height of the bubble. So right now it consumes about 55% of the median household's income to make that, that median home price payment. Mm-hmm that's only about half of what it was. It used to take almost all of it, right? It used to take at the peak of the last bubble, the median home was consuming almost 90% of the median household's income. That's when things really fell apart. So as long as folks can afford to make that payment, I think we're still in in good shape. And I think the other thing I would point out, not to uh, beat this issue to death, but is that I think unlike last time as well, most people have gotten into fixed-rate mortgages, right? We know the credit scores, the FICO's that you need on average to get a mortgage these days has been very tight. Uh-huh. They've had to put at least 3.5% down, right? Even if they go FHA, that's still a 3.5% down payment, so they have at least some skin in the game. They've got documentation on their income. They're locked into a fixed-rate loan, so they know what their payment's going to be that's set in stone. And so you know, the shock's really going to have to come from from outside. And so again, the one saving grace right now. And I think the thing that that really helps us or or you know prevents us from from being in a, a real danger zone from a price standpoint is the fact that rates are so low. But of course if rates, you know, start to go up, that has a big impact on you know how much money you need to qualify for that and also how much money you're going to pay on a monthly basis right
0: absolutely and of course um I'm glad that you talk about you know the monthly uh, payments and the uh, qualifying income of course we publish our housing affordability index, and in the housing affordability index, we have some information regarding monthly mortgages and minimum qualifying income. Just to give some background information, again, um, right now, as you said, we are at very low rate—you know, four uh, percent, maybe even below four percent—and you know, relatively speaking, with uh, last year, it's it's uh, you know lower than last year, and so. You know, we're talking about monthly mortgages at for median price at around two thousand one hundred or so. You know, when we have, of course, you know, there could be increase in interest rate, and we we talked about you know possible increase in interest rates in the upcoming year, but yeah, and um, a lot of people are forecasting that, right? Absolutely, but there's the thing also is you know we don't see people forecasting or projecting interest rates suddenly jump from four percent to six percent all, all of a sudden. We know that right. it's probably going to be a little bit more gradual. Uh, maybe fifty basis point next year or so. Uh, so, so yes, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, and I think you are absolutely right. You know, it's it's not to a critical point where people need to panic and think. Well, you know, mention the B word all the time because, yes, home prices have gone up. But yeah, uh, I always I always tell people, um, see how far. Okay, last time we were at the uh, peak was uh, what two thousand and seven, um, and now it's been ten years. Um yes, home prices have grown a little bit and in some areas very significant. But if you look at the interest rate right now, because of the interest rate environment that we have right now, um affordability um is at a somewhat decent level, even though uh we consider it very low, but compared to what, what we had in two thousand and six or five, you know, it's relatively higher. That's because of you know the saving grace that you mentioned, uh interest rates. Another thing that um you also mentioned. Um we we did our uh, annual housing market survey, and based on the annual housing market survey, um people definitely have more skin in the game, as you said, because they have they put down uh, more than used to be three percent down payment now three or five percent down payment. We have a lot more right. people putting down uh, a much higher number. Now, if you look at the uh, number of um, some of the number from our uh, annual housing market survey, I think back in two thousand and five about twenty percent uh two thousand six uh twenty percent or more than twenty percent actually have zero percent down payment today we only have about three percent three percent oh wow over. yeah so that's a significant uh difference um huge difference huge difference yeah so people are more aware of the uh they in the housing environment they're not i i don't think people are taking as uh, much risk definitely not as much risk as um, they did before and part of it also is people are aware but at the same time I think uh, the financial regulations might have uh, tightened up a little bit I don't see a lot more I don't see as many ninja loans as before if yeah any.
1: exactly no and I think yeah it's on both sides of the coin right you've got folks who aren't necessarily wanting to take a chance and get burned potentially and also um, the banks are are not wanting to be left holding the bag either so
0: absolutely so um I, I see that home prices will continue to go up. Um, but um let me ask you again. Um people should not be should not be too worried right now, right?
1: No, I don't I don't think it's time to panic again because rates are low. And the other thing I, I would mention on that as well is that not all markets are created equal That's in this respect. Right. I, I said at my last outreach that uh you know take me back to two thousand six-seven time frame and you could have put a blindfold on me, put a map up of California I could have thrown a dart in whatever county it landed on, good chance was it was 40 to 50 percent overvalued. Um, not so this time around. I think it's much more isolated to our, you know, dense employment centers, whereas places like the Central Valley, even the Inland Empire, um, deep into the East Bay and even Sacramento region isn't particularly overvalued when you look at what people earn there. Um, you know, and where the home prices are from a fundamental standpoint, things seem to make sense in those markets so even if stuff does turn south and we have a you know an external shock from the stock market or or some consumer led downturn or something external to housing that that creates problems, I think the the effects are going to be more isolated to those markets that are um, have seen much more price growth over the last couple of years. But again, that's something that's gonna have to come from outside. We're gonna have to see some kind of a, a macro economic shock to happen mm-hmm. to really drive things. As long as those folks keep their jobs and they're still making those incomes and you know what your payment is and prices are going up, um, you know th- th- those aren't the conditions you need for, for foreclosures or things like that to start happening
0: I agree with you, and of course, I think we talked about this before. You know, if anything we need to worry about about a, a bubble or anything, it will probably be the stock market more so than the housing market, right? Correct. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's um, you know, just kind of segue into our top five of five. We've been doing our top five of five in the last few episodes. Um, let's segue into you when know, we talk about home prices. I know uh, the uh, at the national level, they all they just released their October sales number and home prices at the national level show a, an increase of 5.5% uh, compared to last year. Uh, not a surprise, uh, pretty consistent with what we have at the uh, state level. What is a little surprise to me, maybe it's not to you, is um, home sales actually were, went up in October by about 2%. I, I thought home, uh, home sales would actually drop slightly because of what happened in um, Texas and Florida. Uh, It seems like uh, home sales activities continue to be strong. Um, We have a very strong economic environment.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to point out, is things seem to be going well and rates again are low, and I think that keeps the foot on the accelerator in terms of demand for housing at least, right?
0: Absolutely, but of course, uh, we always go back to supply. Supply remains a very, very tight issue, a very significant issue uh, at the state as well as the uh, national level at the national level it's not as bad it's um it dropped from uh, 4.4 months of last year to uh, 3.9 months but at the state level we're uh, much uh, much worse um we're at uh, some areas we have
1: less than 2 months of inventory right it's crazy yeah no and uh, and not only that it's it's getting worse right cuz active listings are down by over 11% again in October and uh They've been down by double digits, I think, every single month this year. So as bad know. as it's been for the last couple of years, it's actually becoming even more tight. And and we're still up in sales from a year-to-date basis, right? The first 10 months of the year, we still have a, a modest increase so far. But, uh, yeah, it's it's the supply isn't there. And that's why I think you see prices going up even faster here than they are in the rest of the nation. And that's true, especially in some of those uh, really hot markets.
0: Yeah, and the problem also is um, we're not seeing, at least in the next year or so, not any light in the end of the tunnel. I mean, as far as right. active listing is concerned, we still think that it's going to be tight and probably will continue to drop in the upcoming year. Um, but Yeah, the- look, I mean, the
1: things that are keeping people in their homes uh, are structural in many ways and aren't going away anytime soon, right? And so we've talked about those at nauseum in and, and all of our episodes, but all of the lack of Actual construction and the fact that uh, folks have policy incentives to stay in their home, whether it be capital gains or property tax or what have you. And uh, again, those those things don't seem to be resolving themselves, at least over the short run. And so we expect it to, again, remain pretty tight next year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, something that's going to happen in the short run um, or in the next few months or so is um we heard from the uh, federal reserve from Janet Yellen that uh, she is going to resign uh when her term expires in early
1: 2018 yeah and, no it's uh i'm i'm a little bit upset no i'll be okay
0: <laughs> well okay so she has been the chair for what four years um and um typically and of course uh, i think in the last at least the last few um chairman, uh, they typically get the second nomination, but uh, not this time. Right. Um, I think uh, President Trump nominated uh, Jerome Powell uh, in early November to become the new chair of Fed, Um, and um, including uh, uh, Janet Yellen's uh, resignation, early part of next year, we probably will have three vacancies. Uh, to right. the Federal Reserve. Now,
1: yeah, so a lot of changes.
0: A lot of changes. It's really hard to say whether that is going to have any impact um, on the uh, policy on the Federal Reserve. Now, just Janet Yellen uh, being replaced may not necessarily be um, may not necessarily change the policy direction that much. But with three vacancies, yeah, there could be a lot of changes
1: right and I, I think it remains to be seen who who fills those and and what their pedigree looks like and things like that but uh, the other thing I, I would point out is is also that the Fed is really changing things at the low end of the yield curve they're really affecting short term rates when they move that that fed funds rate around so even if they do become more hawkish against inflation you know or or raise rates at a, a at a faster pace it's not necessarily true that that will translate all the way through to, to mortgage rates over the short run. It's not until you're going to see those longer-term treasuries go up, I think, that you'll see those, those long-term mortgage rates. So I wouldn't panic either way is, is I guess, the takeaway for me
0: yeah I agree um another thing and that we need to continue to observe is, of course paul uh not just interest rates or short term interest rates but um I know Paul is probably going to loosen the financial regulation a little bit based on you know his uh his track record, but you know i right. haven 't studied him as much. But uh it is very possible that you know something could have happened to could be happening to the financial regulations as well. We haven't touched on GSEs and all that other stuff um this year, but there could be a chance that we'll have more discussions on that later
1: uh, in twenty eighteen. And those will have more direct, I think, impact on on the housing market. That seems to have fallen by the wayside. It was something that we were talking about right at the beginning of the year. Absolutely. And uh with health care and, and tax reform kind of taking front and center from a policy standpoint in Washington DC that that the GSEs haven't really been a a big thing but I think that could be something that will have a a more direct impact on housing and we'll have to keep an eye out and I think the other thing which which kind of leads into our next topic I guess is that the Fed may end up raising rates more regardless just because of economic conditions out there right
0: absolutely you know we talked about and when you go out to be, speak and I go out to speak we talk about inflation um one of the things that's happening right now is of course, um, concern with federal reserve make adjustments to short term rates when we see inflation ticks up and it looks like we are seeing a little bit of inflation recently.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, the, uh, both, both the CPI and producer prices, which are prices at the wholesale level, essentially, um, you know, are right at basically the, the fed target for where inflation should be. And so it suggests that it's been pretty steady. And I think that, uh, if that continues then they will have the the kind of impetus or the the political cover if you will to to go ahead and and raise rates as they as they kind of want to. I mean ultimately they want that fed fund rate a little bit higher so they've got mm-hmm. a few rounds in the chamber if you will to to fire at the next recession if and when it it comes about and so that's something I think that's that's going to happen because I think it's been pretty broad-based too. It's not just inflation one particular category. I know that uh, housing costs are obviously a big part of it, right. but, but everything was up, right?
0: I mean, if you take away, of course, uh, when we talk about inflation, usually they focus on core inflation. I mean, we have seen some energy prices go down, you know, but yeah, you know, en- energy prices are, you know, uh, very volatile. But you're absolutely right. Um, we are seeing some inflation all across the board, and um, even though. If uh, you asked me three, four months ago uh, whether they were going to raise interest rates or raise Fed funds rate at the end of the year, I may say, well, it's probably sixty. Uh, it's probably fifty-fifty, but I'm leaning more towards uh, the, the Fed raising interest rates at the end of the year, uh, at least uh, twenty-five basis point. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, how, no, I'm I'm with you and And you know we predicted that it's going to be maybe about fifty basis point another fifty basis point by the end of next year, so I can see that happening you know with uh core inflation very close to two percent um it's uh it's it's coming,
1: yep, no, definitely I think the uh unfortunately, the days of three and a half percent interest rates i think are <laughs> are behind us,
0: yeah, yeah, and so uh, our fourth bullet point is on you know the interest rate movement. And it is actually
1: going to, it's actually going up in the last few weeks, right? You right. Know? Yeah. It's wow. uh, very close to 4% now, but uh, which I think is, is is high from where we were. I think before the election, we were just around 3.5% or, right. or 3.6%. Right. And so we've trended up about 60 basis points so far, give or take. And, and again, I think that they'll continue to trend upward, but I don't, I'm not in panic mode on interest rates because, again, as you said earlier, I think the the increase, especially on long-term rates, is going to be much more gradual, and we're not going to shoot up to 6%, although when that happens, again, it'll have a, a huge impact. You take that together with where our, our, our home prices are, and it really has a huge impact on the amount of money that folks can afford to spend on a home.
0: Yeah, and this week, and I, I know, you know you look at just the weekly update, uh, this week we are seeing some... Um, Volatility and part of the reason is um, the bond market. Of course, uh, this is a short week, uh, and there are not a lot of participants in the bond market this week. And any one participant that make a move on the bond market could potentially, you know, lead to higher interest rates or the other way around. So, I wouldn't take, you know, the volatility, um, pay too much attention about volatility th- this week. You know, in the upcoming weeks or so, we'll probably see a little bit more um, steady movement, but. I agree with you I think we're gonna see some steady movement upward but uh, whether we're gonna hit four percent or not before the end of the year um, I'm not sure
1: I think it will what do you think yeah I wouldn't be surprised if we push through four percent I mean we're right at the cusp right now and and five six basis points you know isn't uh, a big movement true true now let's uh, let's get to our last
0: topic I think that might actually take a little bit more time but we'll breathe through it Um, that is I know um, there has been a lot of discussions on tax reform. Sure.
1: Yeah. And we We'd talk- be remiss if
0: we didn't talk about that. <laughs> and we talked about tax reform before, uh, but let's uh, wrap it up with uh, a little bit of an update. I know you did some um, work on it.
1: Um, yep. I've no, been working on this a lot. It's a huge issue. It has a lot of implications for the housing market. I think when you um, you know look at the, the house side of the bill in particular, it, Reduces the cap on the mortgage interest deduction to five hundred thousand. So uh-huh. anybody with a home of six twenty-five or higher is going to have, you know, assuming you put twenty-five or twenty percent down, it could be even lower if you put less. Um, is is going to be impacted by that, and that's unfortunately in today's housing market in California, a significant chunk of the folks who are out there, they're gonna also cap the property tax deduction at 10,000. So again, that's gonna impact a lot of the housing market for for anybody who has a home that's over 800,000 or so, assuming you have a 1.25% property tax rate, give or take. Um, you know, those folks are gonna butt up against that that cap and they're gonna end up not being able to, or, or rather having to pay tax on on those property taxes that they're paying above that amount. Um, it's, it's really detrimental. I think from a a supply standpoint, right? The exclusion on the capital gains. I mean, we already have low inventory. What do you think that's going to do to, to the supply environment?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, if, uh, you know, just looking at the cap, you know, from two years to five years for the capital gain, I think it's going to, it's going to affect 15 to 20 percent of you know the transactions right now. I mean, of course, not everyone is going to move because of capital gain tax restrictions, but you know, 15, 20 percent is not a small number of transactions.
1: And you know, if that many no, I mean people... that's one in five essentially, right? And and you get a new job or you have to relocate for work or something and you're gonna take uh, you know, a tax hit on that potentially.
0: Yeah so you know it's definitely we already at what some areas below 2 months of inventory so imagine you know, if we cut it down by another 15 20% we're going to have 1.5 1.6 months of inventory so that's uh, that's really bad for us um and of course it also could affect um the um mortgage interest deductions could also affect second homes as well
1: yeah which they're not going to be there, right? And there's a, a couple of hundred thousand people in California who have second homes that they have a mortgage on, and they're going to go ahead and, and lose that deduction. I think the other one that's even more common is the um, home equity loans, right? Right. right. Which are, are no longer going to be deductible under the house plan. And a lot of folks use those to actually improve the value of their homes. Um, you know, make further investments into themselves and their families for the future and whatnot. And and again, it's going to um, impact them on on their bottom line. And I think they've showed that not just in our analysis, but when you look at some of the other um, nonpartisan or independent, you know, JCT scoring of these uh-huh. things that a lot of folks are going to end up taking a, a tax hit, if not over the short run, at least when these temporary measures expire in in five to ten years. Absolutely. Now, you know, we just talked about the the House version,
0: which they passed, but uh, the Senate version there is still in debate. Correct. And um, yeah, one of the, the big um, difference that I think could affect a lot of people is uh, instead of keeping a uh, putting a cap on a property tax deduction, the Senate actually the Senate versions actually eliminate the whole state and uh, local property
1: tax right so not only now will you be paying federal tax essentially on the money that you're uh sending to sacramento which is also in the in the house plan by way of you know taxing your your income tax that you send to sacramento but also now the property tax that you send to your county assessor every year is also going to be um, essentially exposed to to your federal tax rate and so that's uh, again a, a tax Hit issue for homeowners, and I think the thing that I'm worried about more than anything is the incentive for for home ownership. Right? You know, I think you hate to the both plans include essentially a doubling of the standard deduction, and you know, you know that renters are struggling just as much as as homeowners out there. But I think for for me, the biggest thing is is home ownership. Right? We are a country that's valued home ownership. We know that folks who don't buy a home, tend not to save and accumulate wealth. They don't take that differential that you might spend on a, a more expensive home that you buy for yourself, and and end up buying stocks or investing in you know all these other financial products that make you much better off. We consume more and and don't end up getting ahead and and increasing you know wealth and and sending our kids to college. There's a lot of causal relationships between home ownership and the outcomes, not just of that individual and in and, and their life, but in future generations as well. And and we've always known that and valued it and thought it was good, not just for them, but for society as well. And and so, again, you don't want to root against putting uh, more money in, in people's pockets, but we've got to maintain some kind of an incentive for folks to uh, become homeowners and actually kind of Take advantage of of all the benefits that come with that,
0: yeah, and you know we 're at uh, California is already below the national number uh, we 're currently at fifty three fifty four percent you know give or take um, and and if we continue to have supply issues and if we have policy issues that affect home ownership that 's going to drive home ownership down, say in the next ten years, it could go down to below fifty or forty five or so, so that 's not necessary. Um, you know, what we want to see, we want to see home ownership being, you know, state and the federal government supporting home ownership. So.
1: Correct. Because I think especially in California, you know, it's not just going to be an issue for um, realtors and the housing market. This is going to be something that's going to start taking a bite out of our entire economy in terms of, you know, not having an attractive offering to get workers Mm -hmm. and businesses to want to locate here. You see Mm -hmm. folks expanding more outside of the state you see a lot of out migration from the state primarily from people who earn less than $100,000 a year it's housing costs right and so um, anything that we do that that further jeopardizes home ownership is going to obviously affect realtors but it's right. going to affect our entire economy going forward and and that's pretty pretty scary to to think about
0: yeah it is very very scary and of course we don't have um uh, any news uh, as of you know how the Senate is going to do what the senators senators are going to do but uh, we've heard uh things about um some um uh, senators on both sides on on the republican side are um, maybe leaning towards uh um, not voting uh, yes on the um the, the bill. So we'll find out more. I think next week it will become a little bit more clear, and you'll definitely hear from uh, CR, and you'll definitely hear uh, some update from us in our next podcast.
1: That's right. And until then, well, this for us is the day before Thanksgiving. So we hope you all have a, a great holiday, and uh, we'll see you next time. Great. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you then.